0: Hey, feeling Hello and welcome to the dorm room. This you Podcast on a Football Thursday, Thursday Night Football tonight, the Battle of Los Angeles. Basically, Los the Angeles. Battle of, battle future, of uh,
1: future London maybe chargers yeah we got the chargers ah, Raiders no for yeah. now it's the battle of
0: the media I'm i chief.
1: dk about that one chief
0: i'm mitchell kaminsky
1: and i'm marshall macaluso welcome to the Dormer dispute podcast happy november the thursday of the months of the year uh we're back we got a little short podcast filling in on some details stuff that happened last week hottest sports takes here we have it i believe mitchell is going to get us going
0: well, last night I saw on my television schedule Wednesday night. Not a whole lot to do, so I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll watch some basketball." I haven't gotten the chance to watch too much basketball this year, and it was the Clippers versus the Bucks. I'm like, "Oh, this will be an interesting game. Probably the best teams in each conference." And what do I find? Kawhi Leonard is not playing, and is listed on the injury report, is because of rest. He he wants rest. He needs. It's time to heal. It's uh, risk management. This is ridiculous. And this is why I do not like Kawhi Leonard. Maybe he is the best player in the NBA. Or maybe I'm being petty. But as a fan, when you have a big televised game like that, I would like to see the best players for each team play. He just got signed to a big contract for Los Angeles. He manipulated his way to get over there. He was like, hey, you got to trade for Paul George if I want to be on this team. He's getting paid all this money. You're in the entertainment industry with for basketball. You should be playing in this game. It is ridiculous. First, with the Clippers, or excuse me, not the Clippers, the Spurs, he sat out basically a whole season with his phantom knee injury, which that was a joke in itself because the Clippers had a decent team. They could have made a playoff run. He basically quit on his teammates there. All right, fine. So then he goes to Toronto. Immediately when he gets to Toronto, he tells them, I am not staying here. I will be gone by the end of the year. So how are your fans supposed to feel that your new franchise that just traded for you, that's trusted for you, he responds with, yeah, I, I'm not going to be here next year. So it was, Now, mind you, he did what he was supposed to, so he won him a title. So fair enough, if he wants to leave after that, that's his problem. And he could have left after one year, but that's not really good for PR by coming over there and saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't really want to be in this city. Screw you guys. Then he manipulates his way over to the Clippers, and now he's going to sit out like 25 games a year. That is a joke. He might be the best player in the NBA. He probably is the best two-way player. But, like, for me personally, I cannot get behind a guy that isn't going to go out and play every night. Like, Michael Jordan wouldn't do that. The competitive... Like, people compared Kawhi to Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan had the competitive edge where he's going out and playing every night. In The flu game, which is iconic. Kawhi Leonard, oh, it's a little chilly outside. I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines with my sport coat instead of going and playing for my team that just signed me. That's ridiculous. Now, because of this... I think, now watching some better basketball early in the I watched uh, the Bulls and the Lakers playing, in which the Lakers uh, had a 19-point deficit, in which they came back and won. Bulls blew a big lead there. But I think LeBron James has a serious shot at winning MVP this wait, 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 wait.
1: Let's go back to the, the load management. Yeah. Load management. When it comes to Kawhi Leonard's load management, and it's blown up over Twitter, the dramatics, you know what Kawhi Leonard is saying? He's going to flip you the bird and say who cares? I think this is a non-story. Who, well, I know he doesn't care. Who cares if he sits out? And first of all, when he signed with the Clippers, he said, "I'm playing 65 games, take it or leave it." So they knew they were getting to this. Is not a shock to the Clippers organization or the Clippers fans. But he, the dude, went to Toronto last year. After finally being healthy, and he got a ring. I saw a lot of people. Oh, he doesn't want. You know, he doesn't want to face uh, the MVP, Giannis. They first of all. This coin almost swept Giannis last year in the playoffs. And now he's on a better team. The Clippers lost by five points. Montrose Harrell at 34. Pat Bab at 20. Lou Williams had 34. The Clippers, when people are going to talk about load management, and they say, we have the best team in the NBA, and it's not close. Our role players can get a, put up a really good fight against the best team in the Eastern Conference Final. We're going to wait for Paul George to get healthy, not going to rush him, and we are going to do everything possible for Kawhi Leonard to not get injured. And I'm not saying this because of load of management. We saw last year the undisputed best team in the NBA had a injury, Kevin Durant goes down, and all of a sudden they can't beat the Raptors. The injuries are what kill teams. And if there is even the hint that Kawhi Leonard is not fully healthy, they say... Which he is fully healthy. He's going to skip at least one game a week. This is going to be a season-long thing. No, he said, he said he's going to play 65 games. He, if there is a sniff that he stubbed his toe, if I'm the Clippers, I'm saying we're going to sit him because he, we need him to be fully healthy come playoff time because they know they're going to make the playoffs. And let's be real. It's going to come down to the Lakers and the Clippers in the conference uh, finals, and it's going to be in LA. Home court doesn't matter. Because Lakers fans are gonna pack the stadium regardless. They don't care. It it, it does not matter. This I this disagree. is this is an, an overblown story. And they
0: had people interview. If I'm paying good money, who, who cares? Tickets. Who cares? Or bird, like, yeah, the Clippers just, say who cares. You're running a because,
1: business because no, no, because no, it's gonna be the, no. it's gonna be we're gonna make a lot less money if Kawhi dude the dude has had had chronic thigh injuries since the San Antonio that's and people ass. people said oh Kawhi's weak he saw me with the San Antonio thing he got fully healthy and he won Toronto a ring that's the results of Kawhi Leonard when he's fully healthy he's fully healthy this season. The oh, you say that? And then Kawhi, this—I'm going to I, you, this, I'm gonna trust Kawhi. He, he was, was on a team. For him. No,
0: he was on a team with the Spurs where they were notorious for wrestling, But they were the ones that started this whole wrestling player thing with Greg Popovich, where he would rest his stars like Ginobili and Parker and Tim Duncan. Like they gave him every opportunity to come back healthy, and he simply said, "No, I don't want to play for you." He was not hurt at the end of the Spurs' year, and he's not he hurt can't this make year. That
1: decision. No, he—he yes, he, yes, he was yes, shutting yes. it down, and, and he—no, no, he won. He—he held the NBA championship at the end of last year and he squashed any rumors that this guy doesn't want to play, this guy is soft, he's weak. No, 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 no. Kawhi Leonard is, is top three, arguably one of the best players in the league right now. If I'm the Clippers, I'm, I'm saying... I'm not disputing
0: whether he's the best player. I'm i know saying, it but is that, unfair if you're paying money as a fan and a ticket, which the NBA is a business. You're in the entertainment business at the bottom line. And, and you, you know what the
1: goal is? you winning champions. When, who cares about the ninth? The, 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 Lakers? the Clippers are five and three. It was their eighth game of the season, and they sat him against the Bucks, and they still had a very – they lost well, 129,
0: 124. And there. Who cares? Regardless of that, you just quit, you load management, I need to rest.
1: Dude, you don't think – you know, he's saying
0: – They can't even mull you in the paint anymore. You know, back oh, in the day – Oh, back in back the day, back Michael, see, Jordan. Michael, Michael Jordan
1: took Jordan a year and a half up. off for load LeBron management, all right?
0: 82 games, and he was like – he's 30 in his
1: 30s. Kawhi, and then and Kawhi Leonard, here's what's going to happen. Kawhi Leonard's going to be holding up the NBA trophy, and he's going to say, you guys remember when you all bashed me for sitting out ga- game eight against the Bucks? Well, now you can, and he's going to fill in some words I'm not allowed to say on this podcast, because he does not care about the opinions of Colin Cowherd, you know, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith. They can say whatever they want to say. This is Kawhi Leonard. He knows himself, Beth. Best the met the the team doctors know him best, and he's they're gonna keep him fully healthy. The same thing, no one's talking about Russell Westbrook sitting out because Russell. Russell we-
0: Westbrook though, the difference is that he has some sort of competitiveness. <coughs> he will go out and play. He, he tries to play almost every game. That one year where he's in a triple double, he genuinely made an effort to come out every night. So if he's and Kawhi and Kawhi didn't, I didn't make a genuine effort
1: hurt. when he when he hosted the NBA championship with Toronto last year. That's the playoffs, and he has to. Yeah, he's because, yeah, because he's, he's fully healthy. Had a couple
0: regular season games fine, but are in a marquee televised matchup and it's going to be like, he plays three games a week basically. That is a joke. That oh, is soft. soft. Oh, that is soft. soft. And he and he, all he these people are talking, he doesn't care. He
1: doesn't even care. He does not care. care. He doesn't
0: care. We know the guy doesn't care. The guy is a different breed, all right? So more power to him. And he's an excellent basketball player. And sitting out all these games is soft. Now, because of this, the point I was trying to make is I think LeBron is a genuine shot at winning MVP this year because you cannot give a guy who plays 65 regular season games a regular season award for most valuable player. And I think the way the Lakers have been playing with LeBron I think he has a genuine shot at winning an MVP this season. He has three triple-doubles in a row... The way they played against the Bulls, that was not their best game. He found, came back on the road and found a way to win that game. I think the team chemistry's coming along, despite the whole China offseason thing, despite the fact he was getting bashed all offseason, despite the fact LeBron teams historically start slow. The fact that they're off to such a <coughs> hot start right now, and they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NBA right now, I think they are record best team in the NBA. And it, it so there's a lot. This team's going to be dangerous. Yeah. They only lost by like 10, and they played like crap. LeBron was like nowhere to be seen in the fourth quarter of that first game against the Clippers. I think like the Lakers highly motivated LeBron's back, and I think he's going to make his case for the best player in the NBA, and I think he's going to win the MVP this year. And you won't see him sitting out 65 games oh. like a bitch.
1: S- sitting out 65 games, sitting out 65. Oh, it yeah. feels like it. No, okay.
0: Playing
1: 65. Kawhi Leonard, er, LeBron James, I will say for the Lakers, it's going to be interesting because Anthony Davis came over, said, I'm not playing the five, play me at the four. And they said, yeah, yeah, Anthony, like, for sure. We'll, we'll, uh... We'll try that out and see how it works, because that's your wish. And they looked a lot better when Anthony Davis is getting, uh, getting down low and playing the five position. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any conflict there. I don't think it will. But yeah, I will say, I will say, there's a lot of guys on the Lakers team that worry me that they're getting minutes because it, there's only so much LeBron. Um, and Anthony Davis can can do uh KCP worries me Kyle Kuzma points worries me because I there are points where you know they just don't look like players that are on the best team in the, that should be on uh the best team in the NBA the Lakers I will say though one and this is kind of a feel-good story for all the, you know out there Dwight Howard this year has been magnificent, and it's really cool to see a guy who's bounced around. I mean, if I had a dollar for every team Dwight Howard has been on, I could pay for my tuition by myself. You know, the injuries last year, he was on the Wizards last year, barely played because he was injured all the time. To see him come back to a glimpse of his former glory is pretty cool to see. And if he can keep that up, I mean, that's a, that's the kind of thing that the the Lakers probably didn't anticipate when it comes to their role players. Well, they
0: got a lot of depth on that team, and they got a lot of veterans. Uh, they just need a couple shooters here and there. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that will uh, come... Uh, I think they might make a move to the deadline. They got a lot of yeah, I agree. They need a little bit of shooting help. But they're winning close games. That one against the uh, Mavs a couple nights that ago. That was crazy. was very impressive the way they gutted that out. Once again, not playing their best game. They came out and found a way. I will say this for uh, Dallas. Um, you made the point on the podcast that they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think you are. I right. told but you in the West, the Warriors. Yeah, all the, the Warriors, Warriors going down helped a lot. Yeah, um, I still like the Spurs making it, but I think the Mavs will sneak
1: Luca, in as an eight seed. Luca is fantastic. He's one. He he's one of. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA right now. <laughs> he. I mean that that game in particular, he was electric. Um,
0: but my yeah. problem with Luka is, and he, he is excellent, the man can score at will, Yeah, but it's almost a lot of, like, a stat sheet stuffer where, like, I don't know how many games he can actually help you that's win fair, both yeah. ways, but he's still very young and it's yet to be seen, so if he, he can develop into a great player on both ends and make others around him better, that yeah. would be great, but, um, yeah, no, that's an interesting team with well, him and Porzingis, uh, they got some pieces there. I think there are, they could,
1: This NBA, there it. are a lot of teams who are, they've got some, I mean, you talk about the Suns. Devin Booker's playing at a high level. Not saying they're gonna be good, but they the Hawks even too. Just fun teams to watch. A lot of competitions, and I mean we're only like ten games into the season, and we're already seeing how this is gonna be one of the. More interesting seasons than we got in a long time. Moving
0: on here, and I know we talk a lot about the Bears' dysfunction, which it has been very dysfunctional. But one of the uh, dysfunctional, but one of the teams we have forgot to talk about uh, over these past couple weeks that has been just as dysfunctional is the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Now a lot of people came into this season, oh, Cleveland Browns are going to the Super Bowl, and I never bought. The Browns that. are back. But they, this is an undisputedly talented roster. Jarvis Landry, David Njoku at the tight end. You get. Um, OBJ Shove uh, in the uh, backfield OBJ obviously and Kareem Hunts Kareem just Hunts coming yeah. uh, they, they, they got all these flashy players and the defensive end Miles Garrett and they got Kim Ward uh, so like it, it was an interesting team heading into the year and they've been a mess yeah. they have a worse record than they've had last year with Hugh Jackson at this time that is a disaster, and this week was the latest installment. We'll flash back, but and this week's installment, of what the Browns did. OBJ and Jarvis Landry came out with uh, d- cleats that were not in line with the NFL yeah. code, and it wasn't even close. Like, I remember a couple of years ago in a Thursday night game, Brandon Marshall for the Bears came out with these neon orange cleats, and it was uh, supposed to like bright pr- uh, awareness uh, for mental health, and like they were bright orange, so it's like Bears colors. Same, so like, same, eh, same You know, maybe he could get away with it. But well, Odell Beckham Jr. was wearing clown shoes. There like was literally joker. clowns on his Hey, you shoes. know what? He
1: was representing his head coach. He
0: knew this was going to be a distraction. The NFL actually came in the locker room and said, you have to take those shoes off or you can't play. So then he came back with his custom OBJ cleats. So yeah. I don't even know if those were team... License, so he's probably gonna get fined for that. A couple weeks ago, he had a watch on, thousand dollar watch on the Richard job, and really he Made Richard sure re- Milley, he tug- rolled up his sleeve so he could see it in between the glove, which was a joke. Then he had his tinted visor, which wasn't legal, and then he knew that wasn't
1: legal. Did he do that? I think he only did that in the pregame, though. That nah, might have been a lot, but they a lot of players. A lot of players of wear like the weird cleats and the whatever for the pregame stuff and they take them off, but yeah, no, it's like and. I, this is one of those things where I'm like, I think it's stupid. Like, who cares what they're wearing? But at the same time, like, he knows it's a rule. It's been a rule for very a very long time. Yeah, it's not
0: new. team needs to win a game, you're focused on your watch and your damn cleats wearing clown shoes. And Jarvis yeah. Landry was doing the same thing. Meanwhile, the quarterback of this team during the offseason was in every other commercial on television. If you turn on the TV Sunday, it's a Baker Mayfield show. He's on every other commercial instead of learning his damn playbook. Then he was calling out uh, Daniel Jones in the offseason, which is unnecessary. and That brought a lot of flack. Now he's lashing out at reporters during press conferences, which is bringing attention to him. Freddie Kitchens, meanwhile, he looks inept to the head coach. Yes, You I don't know what the hell that offense is doing. They have no identity. <coughs> Hunter Renfro has more touchdowns this year than Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. which is ridiculous. The Giants used Odell better. They look like a mess. That loss at Denver was inexcusable because at two and five, there you still had a chance to save that season. And with this schedule, was yeah, easy. the schedule. You yeah. had Denver, who has a losing record, who was playing a quarterback who was starting for the first time, and he'd been on the practice squad for like five years, making yeah. his first start. Then you have the Bengals coming up twice, you have the Steelers who are not that great in that division, it was a very manageable schedule, I believe they have the Dolphins on there, like they could have easily won, they could easily gone on a win streak their last yeah. couple, but then you lose at Denver, which mind you, it's at Denver, but that, that was a loss that was inexcusable, I don't know yeah, how good Denver's defense is, you have to win that game. To go
1: into this, I mean, I, you can make whatever out of the the commercials, the cleats, whatever, Um, and I think that can be, you know, may, is that a distraction, potentially, Probably not, though, in my opinion. Um, I will say, o- o- Be- Odell Beckham Jr., you, you got. I, I feel for the guy. Odell Beckham Jr. has three red zone targets this season, which makes him 126 among all receivers for red zone targets. You can name 125 receivers in the NFL that have more targets in the red zone than OBJ. That, that, that what, I don't know how that is possible because Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you saw it with the Giants. He was he was their offense. They were just just you know throw it to OBJ, see what he can do. And now the Browns won't even target him. And I think a lot of this falls on the play calling. Um, a lot I'm of this falls to on...
0: it to so many different guys. Yeah, and, like, he just and, gets lost in the shuffle. And
1: Baker Mayfield, man, like, and also this this defense defense was supposed to be um, you know uh, not fantastic, but they 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 had a great defense last year, uh, and they got all these new offensive weapons. Baker Mayfield coming into his... Uh, his true self, as you know, he's progressed through the league, uh, and he you know a lot of results that just haven't been, um, you know, uh, the same as what they put in this team. I don't know what their issue is, because like you said, I will say the Broncos are no slouch. They got the fourth best defense in the NFL, so it's not like a rollover. But I do agree with the talent uh, that this Browns team has, and the fact that Brandon Allen, dude, the dude was Brandon Allen was the Broncos' quarterback. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, who's probably all of our audience. Uh, and the dude had not taken a first team rep since the Wednesday before the football game. I mean, this was kind of the making for like, you know, let's pressure him, pressure this new guy. Um, and the Browns, they just really did not pull their weight. Uh, on, And really, in any sense, it was, there was really no bright spot for the Browns uh, in this game. And that a, shows a lot about just the, the coaching, I think, is the main issue for them.
0: Well, and the, with Odell, too, in my knee, he hasn't gotten targets. But the one week they were playing the Patriots. After the game, he was giving Tom Brady goat hair cleats that he made. So throughout the week, his mind was not on football. It was about giving Tom Brady goat Oh, hair cleats, no. That I guarantee that, you, that, that man was in is the trash and I was like, it. what the hell am I going to do with these and throw them away? Is, like, um, even I mean, that, if your mind's on your your clown cleats and goat hair cleats and your visor and your watch, like that is a distract, that is unnecessary. You don't stress. think he cares? No, no reason there, there, there to were, do
1: it. There was him on the sideline where he was saying, you know, I couldn't, I can't. He was, he was distraught because he couldn't get the. He said, I couldn't get, I can't get the ball to save my life. He, he was there. The, there was the fourth down that essentially more or less ended the game for the Browns. Uh, that was a little inside route that like got batted down by a corner. And Odell had a step on the on. I believe it was Chris Harris Jr. was guarding him. He Had a step on him. It was he was open. And Baker didn't throw it to him. Um, goes off to the sidelines. I mean, I think Odell Beckham Jr. has a lot of scrutiny on him, but I think I think it's pretty unfair to be honest with you. You know. I don't think this really matters. I think the media goes into these stories and makes them a big deal where it's really not. I mean, it's, it's like the same as a jersey swap. He just wants want to do something with Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Who cares? Goat hair cleats.
0: He, he, he buys
1: them off Amazon, puts them in his locker for after the game.
0: No one's selling goat hair cleats. That, yeah, has, so, that was a thought process
1: going into it. That that's the like 20 minutes.
0: I, I don't think it took his own football. playbook, and maybe you get a oh red
1: zone Yeah, okay. It is it un- when you're a
0: losing football team. Like the details matter. It is a detail-oriented game, and when you have all these things adding up, like it's ridiculous. And the the front office is another part of the concern. You traded for Olivier Vernon, and you yeah. traded one of your best offensive linemen for him. Now the offensive line can't block anyone. Mayfield's not athletic enough to outrun defensive ends. The whole thing is ridiculous over there in Raider Land.
1: Yeah, and I I think the Browns. You know, if I'm them, I think um. A lot of their woes have been a uh, lack of just talent on their teams, and they do have talent. They cast away the coaching that, you know, may have been not great, but it, I think it'll be a lot better for Freddie Kitchens. Moving on, though, we got Chicago Bears, who suffered uh, a big loss against the Eagles. Let me find that score. They lost 22-14 in which a tale of two halves for the Bears, I will say, which their first half was Nine yards! Nine yards tough on to offense, watch.
0: and you know who the last team with under ten yards on offense was? The twenty seventeen Kansas City Chiefs, who were coached by Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator, yep. He was calling the plays. So you know, and guess who the coach was this year? Yeah, Matt Nagy calling the plays. That was a new look.
1: <laughs> that was tough. That was that was bad football. That well, was bad football. said,
0: and he, he's a former uh, center for the Chicago Bears, possibly a hall, I think hall of fame caliber player, but regardless, he's an excellent center. Uh, he said watching the tape. He's like, it pains me to say this, but I don't put any of that first half on Mitch. Yeah, the offensive line has a lot of problems. So I was like, whoa, okay, because you know Mitch did not look good in the first half. Yeah, nine yeah. yards. I'm like, none of that. You can't put any of that on Mitch. But Olin Crouse, who's an offensive lineman, he calling out his guys, which usually they like to stick together. They you don't like doing that. He's like now nah, I don't put any of that on Mitch. He had no time, and you know I think there's some some truth to that. Now mind you, it, we've we've I feel like we're, it's a broken record each week. It's yeah, not been good. However, Montgomery dropped a wide-open screen where he would have had, like, 30 yards of green grass on a third down. Uh, the offensive line, like Owen Cruz was saying, yeah. did not do him any favors. The play calling's been a little questionable. They <laughs> won't run the ball for some reason, which it seems to be working. The second half, all of a sudden, when they're running in the eye formation, yeah. he gets these linemen going, they're moving the ball. That sets the play action, which they had the deep play downfield. Uh, I feel like they got to get Mitch out of the pocket more rolling because that's what he's comfortable with because, like, he is an athlete. He's athletic. you got to get him out of the pocket. That's where he feels comfortable. I mean, so... So that needs to be done. And it was
1: it, the first half was like clockwork, you know. And they get the ball around the 25, 30, You know, rush for like two yards, incomplete pass, third and long, get sacked, punt it. You know, and and the Eagles, they're a good team, but like we've talked about them before, where they're very iffy on if you can trust them or not. I mean, that secondary is terrible, and, and the fact that you know the Bears. They were doing good stuff in the second half, exposing that bad secondary. But it was a little too little, too late. Uh, The the defense was essentially bend don't break the whole game. But there's almost so much bending you can do. Well, this
0: defense is not elite. Yeah, you cannot let the Eagles go on a death march all game. Yes, And and this happened last year against the Eagles in the playoffs. If you're an elite defense, you do not let them march down the field and you don't let them score on a fourth and goal with your season on the line. Yeah. If you're an elite defense, you don't let Joe Flacco march down the field against you and then score and then get a two-point conversion and almost win the game and have Mitch Trubisky and Eddie Pinera bail you out. And if you're an elite defense like you saw this week, you don't Open the game with a sixteen-play drive, and then you don't end the game by allowing that death march down the field, yeah. to chew up all the clock, first down after first down on long third downs. So it was like a third and fifteen they converted. You know, it's a good defense, but they they are not elite anymore. The yeah. offense is inept. It's a it's a bad thing. I would never have thought um, in this off season. By the midway point, we'd be talking about, oh, the coach needs to be fired. Mitch stinks. The defense isn't elite anymore. Yeah. Like how far this thing's fallen, and they don't even have any first round draft pick. Yeah, like, the future of this organization looks
1: bleak. And it's the culture. I think the Bears—they just don't have. It's just so negative right now with the offense. Uh, and, and this 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 team has talent. You know, the offense—they they got do. weapons on it. They do. Defense got studs over there. But it's just the fact that they. they it, it, they can't win the games that they need to win. The Chargers won, I think, was a huge blow. And this game was winnable. You saw it in the end. The Bears put... If the Bears could put two, you know, slightly below average, you know, close to average halves together, they might have been able to win this game, but the first half was just atrocious. Like you said, nine yards. You're not going to win a football game with nine yards in the first half, you um, I don't know who the Bears have next.
0: They have Detroit this week. It was what one of the that's... worst pass defenses in the NFL. So this will be very telling because if you can't move the ball against Detroit and Trubisky doesn't look good, then, then you got it. then yeah. you have a real problem. Yeah, because and... they're gonna ride with him the rest of the year. They've invested <laughs> what, 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 too what much. Are they, three in and Trubisky. six now, three and five. Yeah, three three and five. You've invested too much in Trubisky. To you, like you have to exhaust every last resource and turn over every stone to make absolutely make sure he is not your guy. So he's yeah. been, they're going to have to write him out the rest of the year, and this is going to be a very telling game for him. Another nice. telling game in the NFL last week was yes. the Ravens and Patriots. Um, and it was funny at one of the um, panels they have for this Steiner Symposium, which, by the way, I got another rant about that. But mm. one of the guys was talking about, like, journalism and the media and, like, how what happens to like, reporters don't have a good relationship with who they're covering. And Bill Belichick's the tour race for that because he doesn't give a whole lot of good answers. But they were saying he's been covering him for a while. And, like, coach speak for Belichick... If he's rambling on about him, like oh he's so good, blah blah blah, he does this, well, this, so well. he doesn't respect you. And after that game, he was like, yeah, he's a good player, and that's all he would say about him because he was pissed that Lamar tore him up. Yeah. And that is like his code. The guy was saying for like, yeah, he really respects Lamar Jackson and he thinks yeah. he's a good player. So that that told me a lot. If you watch the game, the Chargers, Lamar
1: Jack. Go. The the Ravens. The Ravens. What
0: did I say? The, Ra- I say? the, the Chargers.
1: Yeah. I can just look at the Chargers on the screen.
0: Yeah. Uh, Throatian slip. The Ravens, Ravens look really good. Yes. I think Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, the best coach quarterback combo. Mid, and who right would right have now. thought, yeah
1: honestly? I mean, a dude coming yeah. in who people were saying, oh, it should be a receiver, it should be a running back. and uh, He's
0: been the best player. He's that been
1: electric. Class. Yeah. It's been insane. I mean, he's the type Rose of, he's of plays this dude can make when it comes to scrambling is something else it's something that you know is truly unique to lamar jackson you know you talk about michael vick i will say for the patriots though a very telling stat about their woes so far woes i say uh, with a grain of salt as they have lost one game but the patriots have the second best starting field position on average which pays uh, very much a tribute to their amazing defense and very good special teams, and yet they are just 16th in points per drive, which just shows yeah, you this... Uh, I mean, you have the second-best starting field position. I would put that. It's probably near the 40 or something like that. Don't have a lot to go, and they're smack middle in the pack when uh, with, with a lot of offenses that are probably in front of them that really shouldn't be in front of them. It talks about scoring per drive. That just shows that... You know, the, the, this, this offense is not the the juggernaut it used to be.
0: Mind you, when these two teams meet in February or January, late in the playoffs, I, no doubt in my mind the Patriots won that game. Yeah. Because that felt like the Ravens' Super Bowl. They're taking photos on the field after the game, team pictures. Uh, and the Patriots, once they got film on them, they, that's not going to happen twice. So Baltimore have, I mean, they had film on them. Baltimore looks good. They haven't played, They weren't used to playing like a guy like that because you can't really prepare for Lamar Jackson with his that athleticism. That is true. But I guarantee you, and we saw this with the Chargers too last year. The Chargers played him once on a Thursday night game, and uh, the Ravens torched that defense. It was pretty good last year. I yeah. thought they had one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Second time they met in the playoffs, Lamar didn't look too hot. Yeah. The Chargers ended up winning that game, and the Patriots are a whole other animal to prepare for with Bill Belichick. So I think if those teams meet again in the playoffs, yeah, I don't think we have the same result. But for the time being. Congratulations to the yeah. Ravens. Final NFL thing, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I was add? just going to
1: say, Lamar Jackson, the one caveat I will say for him is there are probably numerous times in this football game, which which will show you why Belichick respects him so much, there are probably times where the, the Patriots got the scheme they wanted and it worked out perfectly, but the Lamar Jackson scramble routine that this guy is able to do, especially in the red zone, is something else, which we'll see if that can carry over the playoffs, which is uh you know it's an iffy question but that'll be huge for them but yeah like you were saying we know we looked through the schedule we always talk about and that, yeah there's a lot of and I don't I'm I'm assuming you guys don't want to hear about the uh Dolphin Colts or the Cardinals Buccaneers so we're going to next Monday night which is the battle of the NFC West the Seahawks Will be going into San Francisco playing the 49ers, which will be very telling one. for both of these teams. Although I will say, I think the the Niners have proved at least me that they're they're, they're legit. legit. That was yeah. a
0: game because they've really been surviving off their run game and uh, defense. Yeah. And that game on Thursday night against the Cardinals, their defense was not good. Yeah, their run game really wasn't there, and it was time for Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, step up. You got to win us this game. And he made he some did. big throws at the he end. Did. His touchdown pass he had was nice. It was Daniel a Sanders dark. was a godsend for that yes, team. Yes, really right? has. Been picking, picking up. I think he completed one to him on third down and fifteen to like ice the game, which was yeah. like, a really nice throw that he fit in there. So Jimmy G with Shanahan, that's another great coach combination. Coach quarterback combination of defense is legit. They got like I think that I think they have like three or four first round picks. Yeah, that, like, just accumulated over the past couple years. Yep. Both sides of the ball is a very good team. Yeah. Um, Seahawks have been interesting. They gutted one out. Oh my I goodness! I feel like they would to find a new way to win each week. Yeah, but I do feel like the roster-wise, the 49ers is a whole. They're a lot. They're a lot more talented. In Seattle, but Russell Wilson playing against a team like that, it's it's a. Uh, must watch television, yes. So that'll be one and I'm very I'm looking forward to. One, thing, winning
1: though. one thing about uh, the Seahawks that's funny is the fact that DK Metcalf has been tearing it up this year. And it was interesting because I mean, you saw this dude, he's 6'4, you know, probably 280, pure muscle, the dude's jacked. And a lot of people said that he was going to be a bust, and I don't know why because he's been fantastic this year. And like we said, um, last week when we did the trick or treat thing, you know, th- this team. Russell Wilson goes, this team goes. It's only so much you can do. We saw against them when they lost to the Ravens. Russell Wilson, uh, not a great game, threw a pretty bad pick six, and they did not look good. So this is going to be more or less uh, the Seahawks' offense versus the Niners' defense. I'm going to take the Niners, though, and honestly, I don't know if it's going to be that close. We'll
0: see. I think it will be close because we Russell Wilson, but I I, I also go with the 49ers. Final topic I want to talk about, and this one actually I think is one of the most important topics. Um that we're about to discuss here. So we had the Steiner Symposium at Bradley University, which is basically they get a bunch of panelists from everywhere to come in and like talk to students or whatever about sports communication and stuff. So one of the topics they had was, like I was talking about earlier, was like uh, relations with the media. And so obviously Bradley, they had a little incident last year Where uh, they banned a reporter from the Peoria Journal Star from coming in to cover the basketball team when they were March Madness because he didn't promote the Bradley brand. Promote the brand, and that caused the brand. The Bradley was trending on Twitter, and it was like, "Well, Bradley." Yeah, a lot of people were talking about us. It wasn't great. It's not a good look. Bradley did it to their credit. They did a nice job. Our president Gary Roberts. He's actually a. Analyst for NFL Network on the sports law there. He's been on there. He's highly respected. He came right away, put out a statement like, hey, Bradley respects journalism. They took a nice picture with the journalist in question, yeah, Dave D- Reynolds, Reynolds and the coach. Yeah. And they're like, okay, all is forgiven. Well, of course, this thing came up in his relations with the media. Charlie Steiner, who was running the event, he came up before Rand, And he's like, well, as we all know, there was an incident. <laughs> Not to address the incident. He's like... And, you know, I think it's important to talk about. Uh, and he went on some, like, speech, and everyone was like, oh, Jesus. And you could see Roberts was tense because, like, he didn't want to bring it up. And of course, the first pet question about it was, so how did you handle How How did that incident happen? How did you respond to it last year? Like, well, how was it handled the way it was? And Roberts all about was in defense mode. But, like, they never mentioned what the incident was, but, like, everyone in the room knew, you know, since, like, kind of, of that tense thing. Deal, Yeah, thing. He was like, listen, I don't want to discuss it. But well, hypothetically, and he went on this rant, and he dug himself in a hole, and it was a horrible look for Bradley, where he basically was saying that the media has all the advantage because they can spin anything the way they want. We fell on the sword into the bare minimum, but we don't think we're the wrong there, and it should be a journalist job in a one-horse town to support the brand. And he dropped Brandon there, and we're like, oh, God. no, oh, here he's we like, go, the Bradley brand. And then he brand. brought up the Justin Verlander incident and like, where Justin Verlander earlier this year, he kicked a reporter out from Detroit that he didn't want in the locker room. He's like, well, what's the big deal if he kicked that reporter out? He wasn't support. He wasn't writing good things about him. The other people can get the facts. I don't see a problem with banning journalists. And then it was like, oh. oh, oh. All right, so, China. Like, like, <laughs> this, this is exactly what it sounded like. Because yeah. he had a really nice statement, and he almost walked it back in what he was saying. He was like, yeah, I don't feel like, I feel like a journalist job should be, they aren't writing good things about you, then you should not be able to give information to them. You should be allowed to ban them or whatever. And, like, a journalist's job is to not support your brand or whatever. You yeah. gotta, like, do the facts. And some do it more fairly than others. But the fact he said that, like, you got a whole journalism school yeah. here, was very disheartening to say Lee's coming from your president.
1: And I think. I kind of. You know his statement about the the uh, whole—it's a one—it's a one-sided thing because the media can say whatever they want, which is fair. Gallon of ink, like
0: an ammo of like with gallons of something. And
1: I could see from a specific athlete's point of view if someone's (laughs) um, calling out like I don't know. I think a lot of people call out like Russell Westbrook's uh, his team team uh being able to be a leader or whatever which I think is that that's one thing but when it comes to the Bradley if you look at the incident the Bradley cuz it was the beginning of the basketball team mm-hmm. was kind of stinking it up right. high expectations weren't playing well
0: no they got hot
1: late yes exactly you know <laughs> the, it was it was a very fortunate turn of events which caused them to be in a tournament which but you know a lot, not a lot of people cared about that team when it was the beginning because you know basketball is not huge here to begin with. It's the only thing we got, but we're still not invested in that much in sports, and then we're playing very good. And I think it, when it comes to these like the coach, or the uh, the media team coach uh, relationship, the media has no obligation to, like, vouch for you or, like, wow. put you in a good light. Which like, and then when they don't, it's, like, all oh, this whole big thing. But, yeah, I agree. I, w- I wasn't there because I'm not a sports com anymore. But that is – that that does banning – as soon as you start banning reporters, though, it's a very slippery slope yeah. what happens next. So I'll, I'll leave He's it like, at when that.
0: the only show in town. They should be – their job should be supporting us. It was like, oh, God, what are yeah. you doing? All right, that's all we got for you. That baby. is all we
1: got. Um, well, thank you for joining us. Knives going to win – Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I will say, Brandon Allen, next MVP. Leave it at that. Thanks he for listening. Very good. Very he good. good.
0: Good for Brandon S-
1: Allen. See you next week.